0: Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our midweek service with Pastor Rudy Lugo of Reclaim Church San Antonio. And this message is entitled, A New Spirit with Hidden Hurt." Enjoy this message. Praise the Lord. Can we give Jesus some praise now? Yeah. Praise the Lord. As Pastor Isaac said, we, you can take your seat. Amen. Thank you for that. I, it's always good coming, coming back to Mama. Amen. And seeing family, my brothers and sisters in the Lord. But like Pastor Isaac said, we do go way back. Me, Pastor Rob, and Pastor Isaac we're in the same Connect group with our with our brother Angel. And uh, man, we've seen the good and the bad. But God is always good. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I just before I get started today, I just want to thank some people. I want to thank my pastors, Pastor Omar and Sister Letty, for having me. Uh, amen. Come on. I'm telling you, y'all are so blessed to have pastors who care to see Jesus move in your life. And and I'm I'm blessed by them, and I tell everybody about that. But uh, in addition to them, I want to thank just your pastoral staff, man. I mean, come on. God is raising up men in this house. There's nothing like coming home and being honored. When you, they, they make me feel so welcome. The hospitality staff. When I got here, my brother Jason, where is he? He made me feel like royalty, opening the door for me. Come on, man! I go, do I carry anything or what? Just come on. And, and just for you all here at Reach Paramount, man, what a blessing you are to see uh, uh, older faces that you know, my, my, my brothers and sisters, and new ones. God just keeps moving and growing His church. Amen. Amen. It, it, it's, just a, it's just a beautiful thing to see what God is doing. And, and I would be uh, remiss to forget, but no, I want to thank and honor my Reclaimed Church and San Antonio family that are watching tonight. God bless you guys. I love you. I miss you. Uh, I'm coming home soon, guys. And just thank you for putting up with all my craziness. Amen. Things are happening in San Antonio that only God can do. Because when we went out there, and I'm going to share a little bit about that, but man, I'm, I'm just so grateful today to be with y'all tonight. Amen. So let me pray as we get started. So Father, in Jesus' name. I thank you today, Lord, for your goodness, for your grace, for your faithfulness in our lives. And Father, t- today I thank you for your Holy Spirit in this house. Lord, we can fill your presence. And we ask that you just move freely in this place. Father, have your way. Do what only you can do in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, one more time. Let's give the Lord some praise. Amen. I'm going to get started today, but I'm just going to share just a quick update of what's happening In San Antonio, because it blows my mind. Because uh, in 2019, when we were asked to plant a church, I was just blown away by that first. The pastor's trusting me, plant a church, amen. But when we we got announced in August of 2019, uh, we started looking in Texas of where God would have us because we didn't know anybody. We didn't know anybody there. And uh, we actually left in December 2019. We went out there uh, right before the world went crazy. And we got there and And we didn't know what we were going to do because now we're inside. How are we going to meet anybody? And and during, you know, the craziness, and we started going on Zoom and online and meeting whoever we could, whoever was outside or, you know, any way we can reach. And then finally, I just told Pastor Omar, I just said, you know, I I feel like we need to do something. He's like, well, we don't know what's going to happen, but if you feel God's in it, I'm in it too. And so we uh, met a, a Jewish fellowship by the name of Baruch Hashem. They're a Messianic Jewish fellowship who the rabbi there, the senior rabbi just blessed us, his favor. I showed up, he said, God told me you were coming, and I'm going to take care of you. So he didn't charge me much, and and he said, start having charge. He goes, when do you want to start? And I'm like, oh, I'm thinking in a couple months. He said, start this Sunday, it was a Friday. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so, but they just gave us so much grace and favor there. And then after we seen what God was doing, we were able to go online. They just spent $30,000 on cameras and everything. So if some of you have seen it, we've had nice cameras there, nice video. And, and we were just blessed by that. And as we started growing, we said, you know, we want to find somewhere of our own. Because uh, right there in a big church, you know, we're, we're very small fish there. And so we said, I didn't realize, because I didn't know San Antonio, that that was a Jewish community. So every time we outreached, you know, they're like, oh, we're Jewish, don't, you know, it's okay. And yeah, but so was Jesus. And so even the Christians we reached, they would think they would drive by the Messianic a Jewish temple and think that there were, it was Jewish, so they wouldn't come. But we still were running about 30 people at the time, and and I just said, you know, we need to find our own space, and we were looking, but nobody wants to rent to a church that's very small with no history, because they're like, how are you going to pay for this? Uh, you don't sell any products, and so it was a challenge trying to find a church building. And by chance, or by Jesus, I think it was Jesus. Uh, I saw an address on Craigslist, and I said, you know what, I, I just, I'm going to look it up, and I, it says the general area, they don't want to give you the exact address sometimes, but general area, and I called the property manager, and he goes, oh yeah, we have a remodeled space for you, I said, well first, can can we have church there, and he goes, oh yeah, you can, it's remodeled, so we went, and I was looking at it, it was nice, but there was nowhere for a sanctuary, And on the other end was an older part of the suite. And I'm like, well, how about that one over there? He goes, well, that one's not remodeled. It has an old warehouse in the back. Can we see it? And he goes, yeah, if you want. I walked in there and I'm like, this is it. This is it. It didn't look very nice. It wasn't much to look at, but I felt like it was it. And so from there, we just said, we're gonna make this God's house. So I wanna share this video uh, of what it looks like. Let me get out of the way here. God is good. We've come a little bit way. Sorry, my brother, my brother Oscar Cotavella, they, they cut his head off right there. I was so proud. He had the drill in his hand. I'm, I'm going to show you. And his head got cut off. Amen. I love you, brother. I didn't plan that. But as of February 1st, this month, they gave us the keys. And we went in there. Amen. I remember the owner came back and visited just about a week ago. And he walked in the back, the back in the warehouse. And he goes, y'all are serious. I'm like, man, I told you. And he goes, it looks completely different than what it was. And even the pictures we showed, we didn't show the mess in there. We kind of cleaned it up. But God is doing something special. And, and so I, I want to say this um, because uh, I know it, it takes finances to, to, to do what God is doing. And, and, he, and he's been providing. But I want to say this because I, I, just, I just feel like I need to share with my brothers and sisters. We started a building fund. But let, let, don't get this—I uh, think this the wrong way. The tithes and offerings belong in this house. If you're in this house, that's where the tithes come. But if God moves supernatural on your heart, come on. <laughs> ReclaimSanAntonio.com/give. There you go. Amen. Praise. My church asked me to announce it too. Praise the Lord. I did it, guys. Praise the Lord. But amen. I'm going to get started today. Um, like I said, it's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Um, I know you're on a sermon series of love in February, amen, and my message tonight has nothing to do with it, <laughs> but it does, but it does, and I'm going to talk about who we are in the Lord, and I'm going to talk about some hidden hurt, and so I, I hope you're ready today, because I'm just going to get into it today, I titled the message because I was creative, a new spirit with, with hidden hurt, amen, um, and, and so we follow uh, reach. We follow you guys, and we watch it. There's a number of my church members that watch, and they tell me, oh, Pastor, did you see what they did? I go, yes, I know. They look good. We're getting there, guys. We're getting there, guys. You see the new speaker, the stage? You see all this? And you see what they're singing? Yes, I know, but we'll get there, guys. Amen. 30 years. Come on. We'll catch up. No. <laughs> but Pastor Omar, he preached a message this weekend or the past weekend on Love Is Not Rude. Remember that? Amen. Love Is Not Rude, and there's a lot of rude people in the world. So I'm going to share, I will share with Pastor Isaac and Rob in, in the office, but when I first got back to LA, when I, when I come here, I'm coming from the, the peace and tranquility of San Antonio, Texas, amen, and I get into LAX and everybody's going 100 miles an hour, and I'm okay, I'm okay, I got to work, I got to get to the office, they're waiting for me, right, Omar, waiting for me, and, I, and I, get out, I, I get out of the airport and I get on the rental car shuttle, and I get on and there's this African-American guy standing there. He looks mad at me. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'm in his way or something. And I'm like, hey, are you all right? And he goes, no, I'm not all right. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so I went to the back of the bus. I, I sat there and he followed me. And so he sat down next to me and he's mumbling. And I'm like, excuse me? He goes, yeah, I'm talking to you. And I'm like, and he's like, go back to your country. I'm like, what? He goes, go back to Russia. Okay, now I'm offended. <laughs> now I'm offended. Russia nothing against Russians but why Russia well anyways so I looked away and just sitting in my seat quietly uh, the devil's a liar and he hates me and he started he took something out of his pocket because I'm watching him and he pulls something out of his out of his pocket and he points it at me it looks bluish or green so I'm like oh my gosh and it, he starts clicking it like it was a toy gun so now my flesh I go okay I don't want to break my glasses and I'm like, Lord, I'm going to lay hands on him. He's going to receive you right now. Amen. <laughs> the, bus, the bus stopped. And I just heard the Lord say, get out. Get off the bus. Because there was kids. There was families there. They were scared looking straight. They weren't looking. They heard the mess going on right here. So I got off the bus. Amen. <laughs> I listened to the Lord's voice. And I thought... How rude. Yes, yes. Amen. Was that rude? Yes. But here's the thing, what I thought. Jesus loves him. Yes. Jesus died for him. Yes. And that's the series that I'm walking into and, and how God loves his people. And how does God love his people? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now in John 3, 16. For this, how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. Amen. And you know what happens when they believe in him and they receive him? They're made new. They're made new. So whatever they were going through, whatever they did in the past, whatever they they thought, their habits, all these negative things, they're they're made new. Everything's made new with them. And I was thinking that, I was like, man, you know, I I was like, sometimes we forget that when we run into rude people, right? We run into these people, we don't know what to do sometimes. Let me tell you this, listen. Listen. Even though that happens, even though we get saved and we're made new, let me tell you this, evil and sin still are a part of this world. They're still a part of this world, but you know what happens to the believer? We see it in a different light. It no longer controls us anymore. It doesn't have hold of us anymore, amen? And I'm going to share this scripture because I know you guys have your theme right here, but Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 39, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. That guy was my neighbor, amen. But how many agree, and I know you can agree with me with this, even when you get saved, life isn't perfect. There's still the things you did in the past that kind of linger for the consequences, right? Maybe it was past hurt, maybe it was emotions, maybe how you suffered as a child, maybe nobody was there for you, there was some neglect. All these things happen, but you're made new. And a lot of times, those things don't go away. Amen? And and a lot of times, they hinder us. So my message today is a new spirit with hidden hurt. And so I'm going to talk about this first, a new spirit. I really want to talk about this because I know as as we receive Jesus and we receive his goodness, we have some expectation that my life should be different. That's up to you. So let me read this because it's very important. I I want you to know when you receive the Holy Spirit, when you receive that salvation, we need to be led by the Spirit. So let me read Romans chapter eight, verses 14 through 16. Amen. For all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. So so you have not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. So the Bible says the Holy Spirit joins or comes within us, Amen. And as believers, as a child of God, we have the same power that rose Christ from the dead in us. And and that's so powerful to know because with that same power in us, it enables us to do things like love people, love God, love your enemy. All those things, even to worship God. How many know when you're going through something and it's time to worship God, you're like, your hands are like this when everything's good. But when you're not feeling good, your hands are like this and you're looking down. But can I tell you, through the Holy Spirit, your hand should be raised. Amen? Amen. And that's what the Holy Spirit does for When you receive the Holy Spirit, you begin your spiritual journey. And that's the thing we have to remember. You're on a spiritual journey. Listen to John 3, 6. John 3, verse 6. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Can I tell you this, church? That we cannot love how God commands us to love without the Holy Spirit. So if you're not walking with the spirit, how do you expect to act in the spirit? So, but, and so because of it, because we are spirit beings, this is important to remember. A lot of people say, man, I just want, I want to know what God has for me. I want God to show me, the, I want all these things. But the words that God's bring, God brings revelation through his spirit. He brings spiritual understanding through the spirit like wisdom and all these things that you ask for. Let's read what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I'm going to read verse ten, and then I'm going to go to eleven and 13, I mean, twelve and thirteen. First Corinthians chapter two, verse ten. It says, "But it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit, for His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets." Verse twelve. But when, but when we, but when, sorry, and we have received God's Spirit, not the world's Spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things. We do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. How can someone say, oh, you over-spiritualize things, or, or you know what, I'm not that spiritual, but how can they understand God's Word? How can they understand it? How can they love without understanding spiritual things? Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3 says, So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit in every aspect of our Christian life. It's essential to our walk. If, if, if you feel like you're struggling, have you accessed the Holy Spirit? Are you walking in the flesh or are you accessing the Holy Spirit? How many times in your life when you're struggling does the, does the flesh take over? oh no, I'm pastor, I'm always spirit-filled. I don't walk in the flesh, ever. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You can't walk in the flesh and the spirit at the same time. People will get you mad, or, or even, you know, people will curse you. And it's funny to me, sometimes that I, well, I try not to look on Facebook too much, but when Christians argue, they start cursing people doing all this, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you. Are they in the flesh or the spirit? Come on. In the flesh, the world... The enemy will make you question who you are, what your faith is in and who God is, make you want to give up, make you want to give up, make you not want to love your brother or sister. You can't do both. You can't walk in the flesh and walk in the spirit. But when the flesh takes over, I'll tell you, you're not loving anybody. I'm telling you, how many know the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing? Men. Let me read Matthew 26. I'm going to read verses 38 and 39. And this is Jesus speaking. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch over me. Listen to me. Is it a sin to be crushed with grief and to feel desperate? Does it mean you're away from God? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Sometimes we feel this way, right? When we're going through, sometimes you feel crushed. Sometimes you feel desperate. What does Jesus do at that point? Let me read in verse 39. He went on a little farther and bowed with his head to the ground. He bowed with his head to the ground, praying, my father, how many have gotten on their knees and prayed, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Verse 41, keep watch and pray so that you will not be given to temptation for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. I'm talking about a new spirit today. Before you leave here today, I want you to be renewed in the spirit. You might be on the mountaintop. Praise God. If you're not, we need to get you praising like you're on the mountaintop. If you ever felt bad, discouraged, defeated, if you ever felt like you were ready to give up, I'm talking to you today. I'm talking to you today because I know, I know you've been there because I have. I know I, I, I've been hurt at times where I'm so frustrated, I'm confused. I'm a believer. Jesus, where are you right now? Nevertheless, not my will, your will, amen? How many how many in here have you ever been hurt? A broken bone, broken bone, stitches, got stabbed or shot, let me see my brother, no. no, see all those hands that went up, I'm in the right place today, at the right time, right now. All of you have been hurt or sick, amen, and today I want to talk about being hurt, but not a physical hurt, I'm going to talk about what's in the inside today, because it's a hidden hurt that you shouldn't be carrying in your heart. As a believer in Jesus, you shouldn't be carrying hidden hurt in your heart. But I'm telling you, in the flesh, in the natural, that's why it happens. You can't walk in the flesh and the spirit at the same time. I'm telling you, the flesh always wants to take over. Always. I'll tell you, when you walk outside, this, when you're, when you're not around your brothers and sisters, the flesh wants to take over. I know that because it happens to me. flesh wants to take over. On that bus, I didn't want to lay hands and pray for him. I got off the bus. Amen. Get off the bus. There are painful memories and, hurt, and hurtful memories that you've carried in the back of your mind. And here's the thing. Sometimes they're so deep now that you still have a, you have a smile on your face now because that was the past. You have a hurt inside you right now that you refuse to look at because it hurts too much. And I've moved on from that. But you're still suffering. And the reason why I know, because when the flesh comes out, you remember those hurts. You start pointing fingers and all this stuff. And see, let me tell you this, God sees and God God cares about those hidden wounds. He cares about them. Today, I wanna expose that hurt. I want you to allow it to come out and leave the burden here today. You're not taking that back when you leave. Don't come in, when you come in this way, don't leave the same way. Because the word that I gave today, I want to talk about this stuff that's holding you back from what God has for you. Because a lot of times that hidden hurt prevents you from moving forward because every time something goes wrong and things will go wrong in this world, in this life, they're going to go wrong. When they do, you, see you step back because you feel like you're not good enough. The enemy will remind you of what you did and who you are and say, why do you even go? You'll never overcome that. And the reason I know that because when you face it again, the enemy reminds you And all of a sudden, you're not sure if you can go forward. And why am I doing this? Because I'm a hypocrite? There's a bunch of hypocrites in church. Come on. We all need Jesus. Praise the Lord. Come on. We all need Jesus. I want to hurt. I want to expose. I don't want to hurt you. I want to expose the hurt. Maybe some spiritual slapping. Come on. In Jesus' name. I want to expose the real hurt because it affects all of us somehow, some way. And it causes more pain if it's left untreated. If you have a, something going on you don't go to the doctor, you leave it untreated, it turns, it, go, it grows. But I want to talk about bitterness right now. Mmm, come on. Because that bitterness, sometimes this is from stuff a long time ago. Childhood stuff. Previous relationship stuff. When you were a kid stuff. All that stuff that's buried deep inside that you try to put a a cover on and say, I'm washed in the blood of Jesus, but the minute something goes wrong, I remember. Or you see a picture or a person and you're reminded. You've carried it too long. Can I tell you that? Jesus knows and wants to heal you. It doesn't matter how long you've been in church. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. It doesn't matter how long you've been in ministry. If there's hurt there, it needs to come out. Quit walking with that hurt. Quit walking in, in suffering in silence. Don't suffer in silence anymore. I know the past hurts. I know disappointments hurt. I know it. But if you allow it to keep going, it gets rooted. And when it gets rooted, it's that much more difficult to come out. There are so many reasons they're hidden so deep. I'm telling you. You know, you know, why, you know why you still have them if, you, if you're dealing with that? It's because you came to a point when you lie to yourself and say, it's okay. It was in the past. Yes, the past stays there. Yes, we don't live in the past. We live forward, but sometimes that hidden hurt will stop you from moving forward because the enemy will remind you because you think back there and say, man, I, I hope nobody finds out. But you know how it comes out when you react to others. When you walk in the flesh, it's magnified. When you walk in the flesh, I'm telling you one second, you're fine, I'm praising Jesus. Walk outside and somebody reminds you of the past. Can I tell you, it never goes away if you don't treat it. It, It'll never go away if you don't treat it. It may even become a scar hardened, like a hardened heart. Oh, I can't can't love anybody because I've been there and I didn't have a good relationship. I can't move forward from that. I don't trust anybody anymore. Anybody? Come on. Let me read Romans chapter 2, verse 5. It says, because of your hand and impenitent or unrepenting heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath from God's righteousness. His righteous judgment will be revealed. Do you know that's why David wrote the psalm in Psalm 51 after he committed adultery? He said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Come on. That was something he did in the past. But he needed God to search him. Clean my heart. Don't, don't take your spirit away from me, Lord. Come on. There's, there's people in here. I know when you think about the past, you don't want God to search your heart. Let's just pray, God, search my heart. Anything not of you, anything that hinders me, Right now, what I'm thinking of right now, don't expose it. Because I like it. I like to hold it. I like to hold it in. You don't. You know what you like to do? You like to blame others for it. And it happens. It happens. Sometimes it happens unintentionally. You blame men for your life. You blame women for your life. Come on, it happens. And today I want to tell you this because bitterness can destroy families. It can destroy children's lives. It can destroy marriages. It can, you know what? It, it, it becomes so negative, the person becomes very critical. Do you know any critical people? Don't look at your neighbor. Come on. Bitterness looks like depression. It looks like defeat. It looks like discouragement. When somebody's bitter, they withdraw from church. They withdraw from fellowship. This is what it looks like when bitterment. When somebody's bitter, it's someone who starts to, they start arguments to get a negative response from somebody else so they can point the finger. It justifies their bitterness. When they can push buttons to get you excited and and start a fight with them, so all of a sudden, see? See how they are? But it was you that started it. There are a lot of bitter people in church. Not this one. But there are a lot of bitter people in church. Many church problems. Many church problems are caused by hidden hurt and bitterness. A hurt that can only be healed by Jesus. You're in the right place today. The right time. Right now. Jesus is going to heal that. Let me read Hebrews chapter 12, and I'm going to start preaching now. Amen. That was my introduction. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 and 15. Come on now. I, I, want, I got to highlight this one, circle it, whatever you got to do. Hebrews chapter 12, 14 and 15. You ready? Work at living in peace with everyone. Work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look, af- look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of what? Bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Not just corrupting you, corrupting many. So let me talk about this, the cause of bitterness. Because I, and I'm going to move forward for, here, but I really want you to get this because I want to get anything that's not of God out. So the cause of bitterness, it's usually past hurt when it's taking root. I'm telling you, the Bible talks about the root of bitterness so much. It talks about it because there's seeds that are planted by past hurt that need to be uprooted out of your spirit because you have a new spirit now. You don't need old roots of bitterness in the new spirit, amen? You don't need that because the, 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 the seeds of bitterness will begin to produce fruit in your life. You don't want that. You wanna cut it at the root. You know how if, when somebody's gardening, if you don't get the root of it, it starts to grow, weeds start growing? Same thing happens when you have pieces of bitterness and hurt in your heart. If you don't cut it out, they begin to sprout up again sprout up again you're trying to walk this walk oh i'm gonna walk this walk you're walking in the spirit you're not seeing it but the minute you get into the flesh there come the weeds they're growing let me say this one the bible says colossians chapter 3 verse 19 husbands love your wives no matter what no it says love your wives and do not be bitter towards them do not be bitter towards them amen the word of god says a lot about the root of bitterness and i'm gonna tell you this Bitterness is something that people don't easily admit. I don't know people going around and saying, yeah, I have a root of bitterness in my heart. I have bitterness in my life. Yeah, I'm working on it. God's working on me. Nobody says that. But we see it. Come on, we see it. A bitter person looks for the fault in others. They like to point the fingers off of them. And the more you look, the more you'll find stuff. Can I tell you, you will find faults in your church? Not this church, but you will find faults You will find faults in your pastor. You will will find faults in service. You're gonna find it if you look. But why are you looking at that, not Jesus? Come on. The signs of bitterness, negativity. Come on, yeah, you can give out some praise. God is good. (laughs) Signs of bitterness, negativity. Cannot trust others. Easily angered. Blames everyone for their issues. They blame everything else on somebody else. They never wrong. They're never wrong. They justify their bitterness. Oh, come on, I'm talking about bitterness today, but I'm, I know where the cure is. Amen? So that's, that's one of the causes of bitterness. But let me talk about the, the course that it takes, the path that it takes. I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27, because this is the path that, that bitterness takes. Verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Leave those verses up if you can. Because Paul is addressing inner hurt right here, bitterness. He's going down deep into the heart because he wants to expose it. He's showing them how bitterness develops, the path of bitterness. And do you see where he says, be angry and do not sin? Is it a sin to be angry? No, you're right, at times. Be angry and do not sin. Notice, be angry, but do not sin. In other words, it's not always sin to be angry. Jesus, was he angry at the money changers that were making the temple into a den of thieves? You remember that? That's not the sin. When does, sin be, when does anger become sin is when it festers, when it's left untreated, when you don't focus on it, and you soak in that anger so much so it develops into wrath. And all of a sudden, you can't stand the person or the thing that happened, and you refuse to let it go. Now you're in sin. In the same verse and the end of it, and give no opportunity to the devil. In other words, you're being angry for so long without dealing with it, now the enemy's having his way with you. He's having his way with you. The the Bible calls those strongholds. When you've allowed your anger to stay there and it becomes sin, now you have a stronghold and the enemy just has you. The devil's laughing now because now he wants it to set in your heart. Aren't you tired of that? Come on, those strongholds. Let me read Ephesians chapter four, verse 31. Verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Leave that scripture up too. Notice how bitterness starts to spread, right? Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor. It's saying all these things, but look, that all came from bitterness. All bitterness led to wrath, anger, clamor. Do sl- you see that the, it's, a, it's a path? You're bitter at first, Now you're angry. You have wrath now. Wrath, that's enraged anger. Now your anger went to another level. You're you're enraged, you're in fury, and anything, anytime anybody does anything, that's what comes out of you. But here's the thing. All of a sudden, clamor happens. You know what clamor is? Clamor is a loud and confused noise, look it up. Not right now, though. (laughs) Clamor is a loud and confused noise. You know what that is? When people are mad and they're full of wrath, Loud and confused noise, they start yelling. In the house, they're yelling. They're mad, they're quiet at first. Oh, don't talk to them, they're mad, they're mad. All of a sudden they're tired of it. Why do you do this? They start going off, right? Clamor, it leads the, the path. Bitterness, anger, wrath. Now they're clamoring, they, they're, they're loud and confused and they vocalize. So they're yelling, now they say, I wish I never met you. Why did I marry you? You're the worst person that I know man you say things that are not from the spirit but from the flesh the old man from the based on the hidden hurts that's what happens when it turns to and then what does clamor turn into clamor turns into slander in other words evil speaking the name calling begins first I never I should have never met you I should have never married you you, you this and that then it goes there ooh you wouldn't say that in church I'm saying it right now it's my house they don't see me but God does That's what it turns, and then it gets worse. After you've called him every name in the book, now it's malice. Oh, don't let the malice come out. Let all malice put away from you. You know what that is? That's like, I don't like what you did. I'm mad. Now I want to hurt you. So now it gets physical. You went from just bitter. Then you got rageful and mad, and then you started getting into clamor, and like you were just yelling, and you were calling names now you want to get physical and hurt somebody you see the path of bitterness it's going it keeps going it keeps going hebrews chapter 12 verse 15 it says watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you corrupting many you see that path that just spreads it spreads like wildfire especially in a church amongst brothers and sisters if you let bitterness take root it over, it overflows it overflows, it spreads through a home, it spreads through family, it spreads from one generation to the next. I'm telling you, if you have kids or grandchildren, they're watching, don't show them the root of bitterness, show them how you're healed by the great physician, amen? The amen. The great physician can share that, can, can heal that. Now I'm going to share the root of, the, 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 not the root, going back to the root now. So I talked about the cause and, and kind of the path of it, now I'm going to talk about the cure of it, Amen. The cure. I'm going to read that same uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and be it many become defiled. I want you to circle that word of grace if you highlight it or whatever. Grace. Grace because the cure for bitterness is found only in the grace of God. The grace of God... When you look at Ephesians and 432, what the apostle Paul is saying to the church there in Ephesus, he says this, he's speaking to the church, he's speaking to the church, he's speaking to the body of Christ, he's saying this: be kind to one another. Be tender hearted. Come on, men, be tender hearted. Forgiving one another, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. The cure for bitterness, you need to recognize it. Get the root out. Open up your soul. Let the Holy Spirit uproot it out of you. God, is there any bitterness in me? Because you know you know the past hurt in your life, but you might not call it bitterness. You just call it, oh, it's hurt that I tucked away, and I don't want anybody to know about it. Is there any bitterness in your life that needs to be healed? Have you asked for that healing? If you haven't asked, that's why it's still there. If, you, if, you, if you're listening to me right now, and there's some things on your mind right now that you know that you've been through. You know that bother you. You know. You say, I've forgiven that person or I've forgiven that situation. But the minute their name comes up, you're thinking about it again. And it's giving you a bad day. It's ruining your day. It's easy bitterness. It's, it saddens your spirit. It's, it saddens you inside. It, it can bring depression on you. It can bring discouragement and doubt. All those things happen when you're living in bitterness. It saturates your mind when you begin to think negatively about everything. You don't trust people, you don't trust God. Because if you're not walking in his word, what are you doing? Are you trusting him? Can I tell you when you walk that way, you can't love the way God wants you to love. In this season, right now, it's all good. Valentine's Day. Yeah, February 14th, it's V Day, every day at my house. Come on, man. Come on, babe. Love you, babe. She's watching. Amen. Nelly Lugo, you're the best. Amen. I'm thinking about her. Have you heard the story how I met her? No, that's a dose. That's a good story. Love at first sight. Knew she was gonna marry me. Saw her. She just didn't know it. For a little while. But God told her. Amen. Praise the Lord. Bitterness will saturate your mind. You know what happens when it saturates your mind? It takes over your mind. It sickens your body. Can I tell you this? Write it down. Not all people who are sick are bitter, but all people who are bitter are sick. You have to recognize it because it'll sadden your mind. It'll, it'll take over your life with a stronghold, and we've got to uproot it. Uh, you've heard this said before. Bitterness is like drinking poison because you're mad at somebody hoping they'll die, not you. You may say, I'm okay, I'm forgiven, I'm washing the blood. But every time that past comes up, you struggle with it. You feel it in your gut, you feel the poison in your gut, you feel it, I'm telling you, right now you're thinking of things in the back of your mind that make you sick to your stomach. Can I tell you physically speaking? Physically speaking, as your body perceives stress your adrenaline glands release hormones called cortisol into your bloodstream. It's called the stress hormone. Right, Carmen, Dr. Carmen? Amen. <laughs> the, the stress hormone, cortisol, what does it do? It increases your heart rate and your blood pressure. When it, that's what happens when it's released you can't think straight because your heart is racing and your blood pressure is going up. That's what bitterness will do to you, physically speaking. When you get stressed out, your body releases this hormone, what makes you excited, it makes you nervous, makes you anxious, all these things that's making you sick. But I know the great physician. You can't concentrate. You can't focus. It affects your whole day. It affects your family life. It affects your job. It affects all these things when you haven't dealt with it yet. You can't have fun anymore because you're so focused on what hurts you. You can't enjoy the peace of God because the minute something goes wrong, it bothers you. If you have bitterness, you need to recognize it. Everything is good on the outside but the inside is what matters. Your heart matters. Your heart matters. David said, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. Number two, you have to remove it. Uproot it, get it out of there. How do you do it? By the grace of God, you have to remove that root of bitterness to forgive. I haven't went that way yet, right? That bitterness, that root that's there doesn't allow you to forgive. And when unforgiveness settles in, only Jesus can remove that. Jesus, you gotta remove it. You say you, you say you forgive, you have to forgive fully, forgive finally the person who wronged you, the person who wronged you. You, you, you have to release the stronghold they have on you, release, it, release what they have on you. You say, oh, it's, it, I know I, I wanna do that, but it's impossible. I agree with you, it's impossible to, how do I do it? It's only by the grace of God. You can't do it. Only God can. Forgiving one another as Christ forgave you. You know how powerful that is? You say, pastor, that person doesn't deserve forgiveness. They don't deserve forgiveness, but we do. How do we deserve forgiveness and they they don't? John Wesley said this about a man who wouldn't forgive. He says, I refuse to forgive that person for what he did to me. And John Wesley said, I hope you are never in need of forgiveness for the man who will never forgive you. Burns the very bridge over which you must stay travel. When you can't forgive others, how do you expect people to forgive you? Did any of us deserve forgiveness in Christ? But yet he took the penalty, He took the weight of the world on us. And you know what? As he died a criminal's death, what did he say on the cross? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Your spirit means when you you receive the Lord, you can't do it on your power. You need the Holy Spirit power. And as you receive him, you have that power to forgive. This message that you're on right now, this series of love, it's a powerful, powerful series because that's the root of what we do. The love that you need, the love of God that's in you. He loved you so much, he died for you. If you were the last person, he would have died for you. He paid the penalty. When you read the scripture, when Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he's there, does he want to go to the cross? People have challenged me, because I I say no, he didn't. He said, Father, can you remove this from me? Can you remove this? Because he knew the pain he was going to suffer. He knew how bad it was going to be to take the weight of the world. He knew it. He didn't want to go, but he said, not my will. let your will be done. And he went, he went. And when he was there, he paid the the death of a criminal. And what did he say on the cross? Father, forgive them. Have you you prayed that prayer for those that have hurt you in your life? Have you asked God to forgive them as I forgive them? If you forgive them, I will. Get that root of bitterness out of my heart. Whatever's hidden. I'm tired of it. And the last thing you need to replace it. You need to replace it. You need to recognize it. And I lost my place, guys. You need to remove it and you need to replace it. What do you replace it with? Remember Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Work at living in peace with everyone, work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord replace it by living in peace and see when you come to church and and you're wondering man I just want the peace of God I'm tired of the world around me I'm tired of all this you know what you want the peace of God you want it so bad I'm tired of going through this I'm tired of it but you come into church and you're, you're trying to think of all the things you gotta do if you're in ministry set up you're rushing around you're getting busy to prepare for service I get it but if you're here receiving today Where's your heart at? Are you looking at things wrong with, was the, are the lights too bright? Is the music too loud? Are the walls too dark? I'm not not saying anything about that, but. I'm looking because I'm thinking about our sanctuary. What do I want to do? Guys, take notes. Um, But I'm saying that for this. Sometimes we want the peace of God, but we're not focused on God. We're focused on everything around us and not Jesus. And what does the Bible say in Isaiah, Twenty six three. You will keep in perfect peace, all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. They're fixed in you. And I'm going to close with this today. And I pray that this word minister to each and every one. Because I and we've said it when I first started. We've all been hurt somehow, some way, whether it was physically, whether it was emotionally whether it was spiritually. In order for us to love as God commanded, we have to get rid of hidden hurt, bitterness, and unforgiveness. And as I've watched this series, your pastor's preaching a powerful word, a powerful, powerful word that comes from the heart, that comes from blessing, Jesus. Amen. But tonight, as I close today, I don't want you to walk out of here the same way that you walked in. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you so much. He knows what's in your heart. He knows what you've been through. He knows what you suffered in the past. He knows when we have hidden hurt in our hearts. But he said that we know that was in the past. But why wear a smile when your heart hurts? Wear a smile when you've been healed in your heart but you can have that when you ask. It's a choice we all have to make. Jesus loves you. It's not about what he can do for you, but who he is. Do you believe that? Oh man, it's always a great thing when you're healed. You may say, Pastor, I don't need healing. I'm used to it already. Oh. You've, you've just adjusted to, you've adjusted to accommodate the old way, but you're a new creation. And being new just doesn't, just doesn't start at salvation. You continue to be renewed. You're not just, re, when you get saved, you're made new. As you come to the Lord, you continually be renewed and filled with the Spirit. When, when, when the Holy Spirit came down in Pentecost, the Bible says they all got filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you keep reading, it says they got filled again. and They got filled again. So you may say, oh, pastor, I've been filled with the Spirit for a long time. Man, 20 years ago, we had revival. Man, I was flowing. I was speaking in tongues. I was doing all these things. But now you're bitter. It's time to get refilled with the Holy Spirit. It's time to receive his goodness and his grace, his blessing, all those things that you said you had in the past. Now, you might be new in here. And you're getting used to this church thing. And you oh, it, that, thats it's hard to be good. It's hard to, it is hard if you're not reading, if you're not praying, if you're not fellowshipping with your connect group. It is. When you connect with the body of Christ, we're supposed to do that. So it says, don't forsake the gathering of the brethren so you can encourage one another. That's what the word of God says. That's the answer, church. That's the answer. So I'm gonna to pray today so if I can have every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm gonna pray and believe God with you. Man, the Holy Spirit is here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for meeting us once again right here. Father, you know every person in this house. And as your spirit flows through this place and you've rested on every person here, I pray they received your word that administered to every heart. But, Lord, you're calling them to. It's not enough just to be in your presence when we can have your healing. We want all that you have for us, Lord. We want everything. You want us to live in abundance of peace and joy and love. All those things that come from you, we want it. And anything that would hinder me from getting it, I don't want that, Lord. Lord. Remove the unforgiveness. Remove the bitterness. Remove those things that would hinder me, Lord, from receiving all that you have. God, you're so good. Now I don't know everybody in here today, but I don't want to miss this call to you because the Holy Spirit is here. He knows who you are. And if you've never asked for yourself, if you've never received Jesus into your heart, if you've never said, come into my heart, I've never experienced that. I want the Holy Spirit in me. I want to walk in that grace. I want to walk in those things. If that's you, if you've never, it's it's a simple prayer. There's no shame in it. There's no, I don't want to embarrass you. I just want to pray a prayer. If that's you, if you've never asked Jesus to forgive you, to to receive him, I want to pray with you. If that's you, would you raise your hand real quick so I can see? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God's calling you. Amen. As the Holy Spirit moves right now, he knows every person. He loves you so much. He knows everything about you. He knows every single hair on your head tonight. He knows the hidden hurts of the past. He knows all those things that you keep hidden away. I would say this. If something's been bothering you, something that's been holding you back, something that's been preventing you from receiving all that God has for you, if that's you, I want to pray up here with you. I want you to come to the altar and pray up at the altars. Can we all stand to our feet right now in this place? Praise the Lord. Why don't you make your way up? The altar's going to be open. We're just going to pray and believe God. He's our healer, amen? Amen. Come on up, the altar is open. I'm going to come down, I'm going to pray with some of you because I believe that God wants to heal you. God wants to remove all those things that would hinder you. Or maybe you just want to pray. Maybe you have a prayer request. Maybe you, you need healing from another reason. Maybe you know somebody that's suffering right now and you need prayer. Maybe you're looking for a financial breakthrough or something something that's bothering you right now. Come up here and let's pray and believe God together. He's moving and you don't want to miss it. Lord, you're good. Lord, you're worthy. We thank you, Lord, for meeting us right here. Father, you know every person in here. You know every situation. And Lord, you knew who was going to be here tonight. And Father, I ask, Lord, you move freely. Move freely on every person. Father, in Jesus' name. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.